and welcome to Interactive Distractions, episode number 404. My name is Christopher Keogh, and I'm here with Travis Baum. So happy to be here. And that's it. So uh, we're going to do a, a little show today with uh, some VR talk and uh, some, some talk about uh, some Nintendo news uh, that we wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, but before that, let's see what's going on, Travis. It's been a while, dude. How are things going? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Things are going great, dude. Uh, really, really great. Just got back from Atlanta. Uh, we had two Atlanta trips in two weeks. Uh, one for yes, the hurricane. One for the hurricane. We got to hang out, and then we got to hang out two weeks later. Uh, Megan went to the Atlanta convention for the television show on the CW Supernatural. And uh, she had a good time at that. I had a good time in Atlanta. Uh, did a little bit of vlogging over the weekend, so that was fun. I don't get to do that too, too often because of the old busy schedule. But I uh, got to go visit Sonoya, Georgia, where they go film The Walking Dead. Walking that Dead. was that was that was a uh, quite an experience. If uh, if you're a fan of the uh, comic book material, the films, the games, uh, especially, I mean, not the films, but the TV show, um, especially the TV show, among anything that, that I mentioned, that it's just a great experience to go there, see the town of, well, it's the town of Woodbury, per se, uh, and then go and see the Alexandria safe zone. It, it was just, like, kind of awe, awe-inspiring to see the sets that they built uh, for, for that show and see it in real life. It's kind of awkwardly spooky in a way. Um, but other than that, it's been, it's been pretty good, man. We're thinking about moving in a few months, so that's okay. exciting. I know you are too, so there's, that's uh, true. yeah, this is all exciting things. Uh, and I had a milkshake tonight and I'm feeling pretty great. <laughs> I had a, <laughs> a pumpkin milkshake from this, uh, fine establishment that we have right down the street from our, uh, from Megan and I's apartment called Cookout. And that place is great. I know we talked to you about Cookout. Uh, when when you came and visited for I think episode so, yeah. four hundred, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that place is great. Did we ever get a chance to go there? And, no, we didn't go to Cookout. Relish in the delight. Um, the, the Cookout has moved over to Atlanta, so you do have a couple of a couple of restaurants near you. But basically, what this joint is is a fa- it's just a run of the mill fast food joint. But their combos are fantastic. Their combos, like for instance, if you just want like a burger combo with a drink, all right, it's called their tray. You get the burger. You get two side items, so you can choose whatever the hell you want out of their whole list of sides. You can pick two sides, and then their drink, their standard sizes are like large 32 ounces, and you get that shit for like 75 cents. It's like the cheapest fast food I've ever, and it's not the worst food either. It's not great, but it's not the worst, so I highly recommend it, and their shakes are great. You got like, by the time this episode comes out, you can no longer get the pumpkin shake, probably, because it'll be November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that milkshake really made my day, if you can't tell. <laughs> I see. So they're not going to do pumpkin for November as well? I'm pretty sure they won't. Well, maybe with Thanksgiving, but the pumpkin stuff usually is just for October, right? Like the pumpkin spice latte at, well, at, I mean, at Starbucks. That pumpkin usually... goes into November, too. It's a fall thing. You know, pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving, so that's a thing. So maybe they'll still have it. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. I would. Li- I, I. I thought today I had my last pumpkin spice latte of the year. So if you're correct, I'm sure. I'm sure most people would appreciate that. Actually, you made my. <laughs> you made my November. If 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 your uh, if your theory holds holds strong. So, uh, but that's pretty much it, man. It's it's been a lot going on. It's been a lot of things happening in between our episodes because our. Laps of episodes. There's so much time in between the episodes. (laughs) Exactly. So there's so much to talk about. Uh, And work's great. Work's good. Um, 
everything's got huge projects at work oh my god i'm so crazy and then this week also the boss and his wife were out of town for their 15 year anniversary um happy anniversary to sean and uh and ashley good job guys you did it you made it (laughs) um they're not gonna hear that ever um so I had a, a lot of extra responsibility. All of my boss's emails were forwarded to me since I'm technically the ranking officer in the office. Um, and, ranking uh, officer. <laughs> and it was, uh, so it, on top of my busy responsibilities, I've had to deal with some, uh, things outside of my video department, but it's been, and it's been good. I think we handled the, the team handled it well this week. Um, but that's it, man. What about you? What's going on? Hit me. Uh, well, as you mentioned, we're looking at, uh, at moving. Exciting. Uh, not far. We're looking at just, you know, staying in the area. Um, so, you know, we want to keep Liam in the same school. Um, so we're actually, we've, we've found, uh, three places that we're really interested in. Um, so we're, we're, uh, we're discussing about that. Um, in the meantime, we're trying to get our house, um, in a better condition to sell. Um, so part of that includes a little bit of remodeling to the kitchen. Um, this week we had, uh, some granite countertops installed. So that was exciting. Um, they look great. And it's like, Oh, look at these wonderful looking countertops that I'm going to leave. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I've been in this house since 2002, 2003. And, you know, I've never been able to do any upgrades on the inside because I've been so busy fixing things and doing upgrades on the outside of the house. Um, so it's like the entire outside of the house is brand new windows, siding, air conditioning, everything is roof, garage door. Everything is brand new on the inside. I haven't gotten a chance to do many upgrades. Um, so trying to get the kitchen done. So at least there's, you know, that, um, so that's, that's a thing. Uh, work is going fine. Uh, nothing new to report. We have a, you know, pretty big, uh, pretty big deployment coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, other than that, you know, family's doing fine. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for that. So I've been not a lot to report, but I've uh, been, you know, I've been chatting with your, with your wife on the side behind your back, uh, this past week about as walking well. dead. Yes. I've heard. Yes. Yeah. This yeah, is true. I've uh, heard. Crystal and I have had a bonding experience. <laughs> that first night, man, we had, we had to talk to each other. <laughs> we, we needed emotional support for that first episode. It was, yeah, uh, it was that, that brutal. first episode was worth, rough, dude. Uh, it was rough. Megan quit. She's, uh, yeah, she's done. I don't know that. how long she, she quit for Sons of Anarchy for like a half a season and came back for the final season. So I, I question, I really truly question how, how long she stays away from The Walking Dead. I think it's sooner rather than later. She's trying to, catch up a couple of episodes to get back in the game. I don't think she's going to quit. Well, time will tell, I guess. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it was, it was definitely a high stress episode. You know, it was, it, it was, it was pretty it, rough. Yeah. And, and that's, and it was definitely the most high stress episode, not just of walking dead, probably TV, maybe second to the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones, but it may overtake that in time as people start to absorb it. But yeah, that, that Walking Dead episode, if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, and technically nowadays for big TV shows like this, the statute of limitations, uh, is up after about 24 hours. Um, at least for a big show like this, it gets a lot of television exposure and everything. Well, um, I mean, it was or media exposure. spoiled all over Facebook for, you know, 
for a, a few days couple after. of weeks, a couple of weeks too, though, before the episode it actually kind of leaked and uh, people kind of understood who got, uh, they had a clear idea of who got killed. Um, but, but yeah, I think that show will smooth itself out over, over time because I think it was amazing. It's so divisive. There are some people that are like, I hate it, and the other half are like, I love it. And man, I, I thought it was a phenomenal episode. It, it really captured. It's the biggest moment in the entire series of The Walking Dead, including the comic books. Um, the biggest moment. It's, it's, a, it's a complete shift, and it leads to the biggest changes in, in the show and the it's comics. It's the Red Wedding of Walking Dead. It really is. It really is. Cause I mean, the Red Wedding changed the landscape of the entire series show. for yeah. the show Absolutely. and Song of Fire and Ice. So yeah, it's, it, this is that, this is that moment. And if, if people are out there willing to quit over the, I would be okay if people are willing to quit about the type of manipulations the showrunners have been doing the last couple of seasons. If people were willing to quit because of that, I get it. But, Quitting over the brutality of that. When you watch The Walking Dead, it's kind of, ex- you have to accept that, that there's going to be that brutality that you're going to have to, have to deal with. Um, but it's more or less the writing and the manipulation that, like, you know, the Glenn under the dumpster bullshit and all this. I mean, that, that, they need to iron that stuff out, start focusing more on human stories, get back to season ones, two, and three, uh, and, and get that show back on track. But they're in a, I mean, this is almost a reboot of the show once Negan arrives. I mean, it completely changed the landscape of how these people live. So I think they can get back to that. I would like to see that. This is a chance to really kind of make up for the last, and in the last couple of seasons, I didn't dislike. I, I just think that the last couple of seasons of The Walking Dead were by far nowhere near as good as like the first three. So I, I hope we see some course correction here. I think there's a good opportunity to do it though. Yeah, I think the prison was probably my favorite time period of uh of of The Walking Dead up to this point. So, yeah, um, the the prison was my favorite era of the comic books um and of the show uh for for a long time until Negan showed up and then the whole Negan arc is just by far the best part of the book. Hmm. By far. Okay. I guess we'll see. But um but yeah, Let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, let's talk about some games. So it's been a while. So let's, uh, let's quickly go through, um, what we've been playing outside of the whole VR thing. So, uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, why don't you go for it? Yeah. Um, I- I'll talk about this first one really, really quick, but I will have a lot more to say next week. Um, but Titanfall 2 picked it up on impulse today. I just saw the reviews for it. I was originally going to get Skyrim, but I did see how the PS4, the compromise that Sony and Bethesda had to do to get mod support onto the PlayStation 4, it kind of nerfs it because the PC, the three, uh, the Xbox One, uh, their mod support is open to in-game assets and outside assets, whereas the PlayStation 4 version is only allowing in-game assets so at first i thought that was going to be really cool but it's truly truly limiting and it kind of turned me off to the idea of getting skyrim over anything else because of the fact that just i was getting the game for the mods (laughs) that's what i was getting it for and then seeing that the mods are kind of nerfed on playstation um it's it's sad to see it go that way but i had to i had to end up passing on it unless this changes unless sony says okay let's open it back up and raise the cap on how many you know the size of mods that you can have on, on on your PlayStation 4 console for Skyrim, uh, if they change it, 
I'll jump back and I'll reconsider purchasing the game, but for right now, no, I don't think this it's a smart move when you have games like Titanfall 2 out there. Um, so I picked it up on Impulse. Uh, early impressions are just sublime. This game, uh, I really didn't get that much uh, playtime with Titanfall 1 uh, aside from the beta that they had. So I'm still very, very new to the series and just... Um, I was concerned about jumping into another first-person shooter shooter post-Destiny because aside from Destiny, I haven't been playing that many other first-person shooters. And when you play right, something right. that plays so well as Destiny, um, I, that was my main concern with Titanfall. But it, it, that those concerns are immediately alleviated. That game oh, I could have told controls. You that. The game plays well. It plays, plays really well. So well. The, yeah. I mean, the gunplay, the movements, the in-mech combat. Every single facet of that game just feels perfect. Um, it's running at a solid 60 frames per second. I've done two or three story missions. I've had no dip in frame rate, and I've had some crazy shit happening in the screen at once, and it runs smooth as silk. So first impressions, fantastic. I've only been messing with the campaign, um, which well, is what'd you very get it on? good. PS4? Uh, PlayStation 4, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm very happy with that so far. So I'm looking forward to digging into that, but more on that next week. Okay. Uh, um, I did pick up Tomb Raider. Did you beat um, it yet? Not yet. No, Dude. I'm about, uh, yeah, I know. I, Dude. I, I, I need to finish that game go very finish much. finish the game. It's like, why are we doing this now? Go, go, go finish it now. All I'll right, wait. See ya. Bye. I'll wait. Bye. See ya. <laughs> um, so no, it's fantastic. Uh, they don't really do much to uh, add new features. This is just more of what we got last time, but it's much, much prettier, and I think the story's better. You're not having to worry about, you know, it's about Lara being on her own, and I, I like Lara Croft when she's, like, solo the entire time instead of trying to save all of her boatmates, like, in the first game. It, there's just less of that stress and sitting there having to... It, it's just aggravating. It's weak storytelling when you have this whole team of people that are with you and you're trying to keep alive, and they're just being used for storyline cannon fodder. It, that, to me, that's just weak writing. When Lara's by herself, she's in the shit, and she's her against 50 other guys like that's Lara Croft this is the type of adventure game that I want to play I don't want any other liabilities so story-wise it, it's it's much more improved for me just in that aspect um and I also think the behind the scenes story that you read through all the audio logs when you you know uh or finding all the collectibles and everything I think that storyline's a lot better this go around too um but I mean, other than that, it's still the great, amazing gameplay. I think it. Uh, I think it obviously doesn't tell a better story than Uncharted, but I think the gameplay in Tomb Raider uh, really encapsulates what this genre is supposed to be. Um, I don't think anyone does it better than what well, this is. Crystal Dynamics. Do they still do yes. these? Yeah, this is Crystal D. So I mean, they are. They they've really really mastered this. If 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 Sony one day said, Naughty Dog, you're no longer doing Uncharted, we're going to give it to Crystal Dynamics, I would be okay with that. Because yeah. they, they've gotten it. They've nailed it. And they, frankly, in terms of the gameplay, they do it better. Um, and I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. And I don't know how much more I can say about it. I mean, even though, I mean, I haven't finished it. I, I, I got to get to the end. I'm going to get it finished yeah, by the you got to finish that story up yeah, dude. It's, by the time we talk again good. i'll have it done i'll have okay. it done um cool. 
But uh, but yeah, thumbs up on that for sure. And and then uh, not really much Destiny this week. I, I I've wanted to kind of take a. I want Destiny to start taking a back seat and only play once or twice a week, so I can focus and get into more games. I haven't been playing very many other games aside from Destiny, and I think it's just time to slowly take a chill pill and kind of dig into other things that are out there. But yeah, um, but yeah, Titanfall. Uh, Tomb Raider, and then uh, a whole shit ton of VR, which we'll get to in a second. But what have uh, what have you been playing on? Um, let's see here. Uh, so I I think I I don't even remember if I mentioned this on the last episode, but um, Assault Suit Lanos came out, and I played some of that. Okay. Um, and that was it's now. What is uh, this? What? It's a it's an old it's a remake of an, old, of an old Genesis game, like one of my favorite Genesis games of all time, uh, called Target Earth. Um, and it's, it's like a, a side scrolling mech action game. Um, it, it's really, really fun. Uh, it's really challenging. Uh, and that's what I always loved about it. It's like even on, in, in the Genesis days, um, I, I beat the game. It, I mean, the game's only like 45 minutes long, right? And mm-hmm. I've only, I've beaten it like twice, you know, uh, and, and I've played, played it hundreds of times. You know, it's really, really challenging. Um, and that, that it's a little bit easier on, on PS4. They, they made it, they, they toned it down a little bit, but, uh, but that challenge is still there, especially when compared to games of today. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic game. It was, it was budget. It was only like 20 bucks or something like that. Um, so if you're into the side scrolling action games, I suggest it highly. So there you go. Um, Deus Ex, I still haven't beaten that, but, uh, I, I pretty much got, uh, Sucked up by Rise of Iron when it came out. Um, good thing is that we've pretty much exhausted most of the content in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was it was fun. It was fun. You know, it was, it was a good time. A, it was a good we got time. A, and we have we have a great crew. So I mean, it's yeah, it's easy to have fun in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, this week is uh, Festival of the Lost, which is the the Halloween thing that they do. Uh, you run around and get candy for people and stuff like that. And, um, and the candy, you could turn it in for masks and it's, it's unusual. There's only one thing that I really want from the entire event and I'll probably never end up getting it because RNG sucks. <laughs> um, the outside of that, I, we did, we raided, uh, we raided once in, on, uh, in hard mode. And then we, uh, Nogs, one of, uh, you know, friend of, friend of ours from, you know, long, long back, uh, Hi, he, he wanted to, there's an exotic quest in the raid and he hadn't gotten it yet and neither had Ken, Sushi, Sushi X. Um, so, uh, after we had finished up our hard mode run, we jumped into normal mode, ran through it and got them the quest and it took about an hour. So it's nice that it's another like bite-sized raid that you can, you know, get through pretty quickly. So, um, I'm, I actually appreciate that at this point. Because, oh, I think uh, it's the best raid hands down. King, <laughs> King's really Fall do. was really cool, but it was, it was long it was and long. involved yeah. and, uh, you know, didn't get as many, uh, didn't get as many Oryx kills by the end. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go any more into it than that, but, um, you know, it was a pretty good expansion. It's not as good as Dagon King, uh, as far as what it adds, but, um, and I was kind of disappointed to hear that, uh, our characters aren't going to transfer over to, uh, to part two, but, uh, did they confirm right. that? I think they did. I think they did. I'm not 100% sure, but we can research that another time because right now we need to talk about some VR. Some VR. Yeah. So that, that's a thing. Um, and it's a thing I like, I gotta say. (laughs) 
Um, so, uh, let's see. Why don't, why don't you start? Because you, you, you had a limited time with it and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, uh, and, and you, you tried to like a, a large variety of things. Yeah, um, quite a bit. So um, what, what, what do you got? Yeah. So when VR started to become, I guess, a thing, uh, I was very pessimistic about it from the get go. And, and Understandably. Chris, yeah. You, you, yeah. It, it's, we bought the 3D TV. We had a 3D capable gaming system. We had the glasses. We were super excited about it. You're saying and, we as in you and Megan, right? Exactly. Okay. Correct. Uh, and, Cause I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. And I bought my TV with 3D in mind. I was excited about it. New technology, something different, something bold. Uh, and it just ended up being a letdown. So at that point, and then coming off of the Wii U, which was supposed to be this phenomenal new way to play video games, and that kind of tanked, like, extremely pessimistic is putting it lightly. Yeah. When VR started to, the the VR talk started to to brush up dust. And uh, I just couldn't get excited about it whatsoever. I was interested for a long time in playing it, I just didn't have the high hopes and it ended up being one of those moments in video games that is, you know, it feels good when you have high expectations for a game and a game meets it, but it feels really, really, really good when something that whether it's on your radar or off your radar, something that you're just not expecting much from comes and just knocks you on your ass because of how incredible of an experience that some of the titles can give you yeah uh it putting that vr headset on i remember putting it on my head and when i put it on for the first time the first game we played was batman and we were actually having some serious technical difficulties for like the first 10 minutes and john who had brought the uh vr over was basically like give me a couple of seconds i'll get it done so it wasn't a great first impression like in the first 10 minutes i'm like look this is not working like things are messing up i can kind of see how this is starting to be bullshit already and then once it finally started to work and, and it, i got comfortable with it uh it blew me away out of the gate one or two exceptions there are some things that were not very impressive but those in the experience that like you said the limited experience that i had the bad experiences or the games that I didn't I did not enjoy personally, uh, they were few and far between. They really were. Uh, yeah. I'm very happy with PlayStation VR. It has become a purchase for me. It, it's it's something that I will get down the line very shortly, probably nice. as soon. I've committed already. I already bought yeah. Batman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that that That's you guys true. are going to that, that I'm was, holding for you. At that this you're going to hold time. for me, yeah, and enjoy <laughs> until I get my VR for sure. So that's a story. Can I tell that story real quick? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this was a situation where uh, <laughs> uh, we we got to uh, uh, John and I went and met up with Travis and and Travis played Batman and Batman's a short experience. It's only, it's $20. It's like an hour long, maybe a little bit longer. But it's so um, fucking good. And, uh, <laughs> so, so I hadn't played it yet. So John let me borrow his copy. Um, and then after that, John brought VR to over to, so let Travis plays again. And he wanted to play Batman again. So he went out and bought it, <laughs> gave that copy to John. And then I'm keeping John's copy until Travis gets VR, and then I'm going to give him Travis's co- his copy back. So yeah, that's just yeah. So so it was pretty good then, right? Pretty good. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. It made me buy a game for a system I don't even own. It's uh, that right. good. That's right. Uh, put that on the back of the box. 
I uh, no, I, I, I was thoroughly surprised with it, man. The the sense of immersion, like that's what it's all about for me. And what it did for me was before we start talking about the games individually, what it did for me was make me want other genres. After I was done with VR, I was like, I want to see more. I want to see more people who are succeeding in their type of games right now in their specific genres. I want to see them convert and make a transition over to, to to virtual reality. And that's the thing. It's like it's you really have to be careful with what goes to VR. You know, it's like not everything belongs there, in my opinion. It's like I don't want to play Uncharted in VR. You know, it doesn't. I get yeah. that. And that Naughty doesn't, Dog, that doesn't, that gives, it, that, that, that does nothing for me. Exactly. And Naughty Dog, Crystal Dynamics, the great stuff they do in Uncharted and Tomb Raider, respectively, they are not people or not developers that I would target for a VR transition. Right. It, it would be your Telltale games. Like Telltale was number one for me. I want a Telltale game in VR. Mainly because with Telltale, we're used to these short one, two hour experiences. Release your games, release your, and, your, and in your, that, and those, there's a lot of exploring and looking around and absolutely. trying to find stuff. And, and there's not a ton of rapid movement that might, you know, give you discomfort or that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, and you can um, still pull off action scenes. You can, sure, you sure, can yeah. still do stuff like that. The, these are all options. They can essentially build the same format of game that they're doing, but transition over to a VR space. And I think it would work. And then the, the small one, two hours, you know, five chapters of one or two hours of gameplay is perfect for VR. It's made, it's, it's basically written in stone in my head. So Telltale's got to do something. I have to see something from them. You know, making these dialogue choices, having this story mold around your your decisions in a VR space over the course of five different chapters that are spread out across you know six to eight months. Hell yeah! I mean, the, a Telltale game flat out would be a killer app for me to buy a system today. Hmm. It really would. Okay, I would cool. be very interested to see what they did. Um, a lot of opportunity there. Um, so we talked a lot about Batman. Um. That was the yes. first one I played. I still haven't played it. <laughs> so I actually am planning on probably playing it after we record. <laughs> okay, great. I did not uh, – well, you you were there. You watched it, so it's not spoiling you or anything. But the first five minutes of the game, once you're actually the, – the game loads up and you're in the world. The first five minutes of the game stereotypically is, you know, you're – young Bruce Wayne and you're witnessing your parents getting murdered. So the second that that hit, that first scene hit, I immediately rolled my eyes inside the visor. I'm like, am I seriously going to sit through the death of Batman's <laughs> parents again? And then what it the all hell? changed, didn't it? And then it immediately changed. So it starts off with once you fade in from black, you have Bruce Wayne's mom in your face, and you can completely move around. You can move your head around her. She's completely rendered in 3D. It's like you're looking around at Bruce Wayne's mom's face, and it's really cool. But it's like, okay, I'm not sold yet. Once the shit hits the fan and the you know the, the robber who eventually kills them comes up and is sticking them up, both the mom and dad stand up and then you realize that, oh my God, your mom is towering over you. You're, just, you're this small little kid. And then the immersion just clicks immediately at that point. Um, and then shit's like people are staring you in like right in the face, nose to nose. And it's like right there. It feels so realistic. And 
The sound that comes from the little earbuds that we were using was phenomenal for earbuds. I haven't heard any like really good audio coming from earbuds like that. I was, and I was. You're not the only one to say that. It's I was surprised. Been, uh, <laughs> yeah, the like uh, you know John said it too. He said he actually liked the audio buds. That the they sound really really good. Um, I I think they sound fine. I would rather have some over the head over the ear headphones. I guess some golds um, or something. Yeah, that would. Yeah, be... and the big thing is that the wireless ones don't work. Um, so, uh, like my pulse elites don't work. You can't use the, that headset on them. That didn't um, come packed in with a two and a half to two and a half millimeter cord. So yeah, I can, I can use that and, and do it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but okay. just wireless, it won't work. Um, nah, that's fine. But, Cause yeah. it needs to speak to the VR center more than it does. Yeah. To the, the, so to it the needs console. to be able to process the 3d sound. Right. So. Um, but yeah, Batman was great, man. It's just a lot of really cool. They, they 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 do a lot of really great ideas that revolve around Batman's detective skills. A lot of things with fast forwarding and reversing time to investigate a crime that happened. Um, and then there's some also really really trippy moments that would only work at maximum effectiveness as in VR. It has to be in VR. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, and I finished it. So I, I did the first half of the game with, with you. And then when John came back and we bought, re- we rebought the game, um, <laughs> I played through the other half of it. And it was a really, really cool experience. Um, I was happy to see it. And it sounds like that Rocksteady may be doing more because I've seen a couple of articles saying that this is Batman's first VR adventure. But they okay. worded it in a way that it seemed that Rocksteady may be developing more, which I would love to have, you know, down the line, you know, three or four really cool little small $20, one to two hour Batman adventures in VR. I think that would be a good idea. Episodic VR with Batman? Yeah, something like that. That would be really neat. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I look forward to hearing your impressions on that, man, because it is, it, it's, it's a fun experience. It looked really good. It looked really, really cool. Um, I played uh, Alamette. John had that purchased on his console, which is kind of like a... It's more of an interactive... Not even really interactive. It's more of just like a flat-out movie that you're this omnipresent, invisible being, and you're just standing in this city in the clouds, and you're standing kind of like in midair. If you look down, you just see, you know open sky all over the place so and 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 these little characters are just you know running around and they're telling the story as you sit around move your head around and watch things that are happening scenes will change and like it'll be a scene where they're in this you know this family's in their airship and the airship's cut in half so you can actually see the story happening on the inside but you can take your head and you can get really really close to these characters where it looks like these tiny little two inch tall characters are you know, moving around as the story progresses. It's it's a really, really cool experience. Um, I didn't play through all of it because I was almost scared to because, like, I, I want to experience this alone by myself in the dark one day. Like, I, I, I so I didn't want to, like, spoil myself too much, um, even if there is anything to spoil. But I knew that that was an experience that I would want to enjoy further down the road once I have my own system on my own time in my own house. Um, but that was really good. Did you get a chance to mess around with that? No, I haven't yet. That, that's a free download though. So that's, it is a free download. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that, that, that'll be a cool little, you know, 
maybe for like small children, that's a really cool intro to VR because there are no jump scares or anything like that, or there's no gamey things to get people uh, that are not used to video games kind of confused with move controllers or a PlayStation controller. It's just something that someone can sit and enjoy VR and just watch and see things happen. Um, <laughs> and my next game is <laughs> something that you can do the exact same thing. It's more of an interactive movie, but you don't really do anything. You just sit, watch, and take whatever the oh, game man. dishes out at you, and that is uh, Resident Evil 7, the kitchen demo. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> you can keep it. I, I am okay not t- not experiencing that one because that looked freaky as hell. I liken my kitchen experience to a really, really scary roller coaster. I can usually take most roller coasters like I can do most horror films, horror books, horror video games, but like that roll, a scary roller coaster experience, the entire time you're on it, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You may be having fun, but you're constantly asking yourself, why am I doing this? And that's exactly my thoughts when I was playing in the kitchen. But once you get off that <laughs> roller coaster and the adrenaline's running through your body after you're walking off and you found yourself alive, you're like, you know what? That was pretty freaking amazing, even though I was scared out of my wits the entire time I was playing it. Uh, the kitchen is 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 fantastic. I I really enjoyed it. I really did. And, and Chris, I th- I do think you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. You know the scares. You know the stuff that's gonna happen. Just enjoy it and see it through that sp- that specific lens. You know. Um, and it was just it's really neat. And that was also oh, no, one man, of the that was pretty creepy. <laughs> that was one of the first games where that I played where a you sit down. Because the previous games that I played before that, I've all always stood up. So this is the first time I sat down, but you have to sit down for this one because the character that you're playing in the game is actually sitting tied up in the chair. Uh, and then as you move the controller in front of you, you can see your hands move. So that's the only thing you really control is like trying to get your hands loose from the binds. And uh, just at all the while this is happening, you and another survivor is trying to help you like, get out of your out of your bindings and everything, while a whole bunch of scary, creepy shit is happening uh, to you and your partner. So it's a great experience. Um, it makes me excited, but it still makes me confused about Resident Evil Seven. I don't know what kind of game this is. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> long it's gonna be. Like if yeah, this is that's, VR, that's the big like, thing. it's like how long is it gonna be? So. Yeah, and look, I'm not an advocate for, you know, $60 equals, you know, a, a 10-hour game. Like, I'm not using price and time as any type of metric, but when every other Resident Evil game has been a specific length and you have the... Op- I mean, this could very well be a $60, like, three, four-hour game. And I, I think what they're going to try to do based off of that first demo is have a lot of situ, like you can get multiple endings or multiple situations depending on choices you make or the paths you choose. I think they're going to go for replay value, kind of like almost an until dawn situation where it's a relatively short game, but you're going for like the perfect scenario to end the game in because there's a lot of like okay and bad endings. 
And then most likely there's going to be one really, really good ending that you have to do specific things. And it's all about replaying it until you get that ending. I think that's what they're going to do. I, I just don't see this being a 10, 15, 20 hour game like other Resident Evil games. No, I don't expect it to be that. Yeah. Either. So I, I just, um, that, that confuses me. I mean, cause this is supposed to be technically our first true triple A VR title. When you, when you look at it in terms of like brand name only, I mean, this is a huge, huge title. I mean, you can say that for Batman, but Batman is technically more of like a tech demo for VR. Because there's really not that much there. As good of an experience that is, it's not much there. But they are touting Resident Evil 7 as a AAA game. And there's also a non-VR version of it. So you're going to tell me if you don't get it for VR, and if this is a short VR game, you're going to get a non-VR first-person three, four-hour Resident Evil game? Yeah. That doesn't sound very good to me, so I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm and, and there's reason to, to be, I yeah. think. It's, 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 it's a... It's a it's a world we haven't dwelled in yet, you know. It's like they're 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 actually trying to make a full fledged game for for that that type of new world, and you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a risky proposition. But you know, they're also going to be, you know, breaking new ground and 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 paving the way mm-hmm. for other developers to do the same. So you know, it's like Resident Evil is going to be the first like triple A title, triple A franchise. That we see on it, that I think I can't. I can't think of anything else that's coming out first. In terms um, of anything that's touted as a full gaming experience, yes, yeah. yes, it is for sure. Um, another thing, it's a full gaming experience, and um, when I loaded it up, I was super excited about playing it. But it's a title called Here They Lie. It's another horror game. Yeah. Um, but I got excited because the when it popped up, I didn't know anything about this when I started it on the demo disc. But when I loaded it up, uh, Sony Santa Monica Studios popped up, and I'm like, oh, wow, Sony Santa Monica's about to drop some VR on my ass. I'm excited. Um, it just wasn't a great experience. I wasn't impressed. Hmm. Okay. Um, I appreciate what they were trying to do. They're trying to make a VR game that controls with a PlayStation 4 controller and plays like an actual video game. It's just that when you mix that type of control with the head tracking and trying to move around that way, it just makes moving around very, very bothersome, very troublesome. And this was the also the only game I had a really, really bad that barn door effect where the sides were really, really, really dark and you kind of had tunnel vision going on. Yeah. Um, it's really, really bad in that game. So I, I applaud them for attempting actual gaming controls in a first person VR situation. They just need to clean it up a little bit more. Uh, Riggs it's, does it's, that too a little bit. Like Riggs does like this, um, when you're running in, in the max, mm-hmm. it does this like tunnel vision thing where it kind of blackouts, blacks out the sides. Right. And apparently that's, they say that's for, for comfort reasons. Like, and you can, you maybe it's possible. I think you might be able to shut it off. Um, but they, they do that to make it more comfortable for you to play, uh, so that you don't get motion sickness. Um, right. so I, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's valid. I haven't actually read that. I, that's just, I was speaking with, uh, I think I was speaking with Cray about it and that's one of the things that he mentioned. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so maybe it's a similar situation. I'm not sure. Possibly, but I don't understand how you can get motion sickness from that game because your character moves depressingly. <laughs> So it's really bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, um, 
I just wasn't impressed with Here They Lie. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it's, yeah, the, there are way better games out there. Um, Eve. Yes. Is one of the, is one of those much better much games. Much better games. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, it controls great in VR and it's super fu- fun to fly around. Um, definitely feel yourself when you're playing that game, you definitely feel yourself like tracking enemy ships with your eyes and mm-hmm. like moving around to see them. And then the, the, you're, you're using the controller to move the ship where you're looking. Right. Um, that's, that's the, and that's, that's really the big experience that I it controls very well. To be though. good in VR is a it cockpit contr- type experience. It controlled extremely well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It feels that, that really game, good. That's actually, one of the- if you, if you let off the, uh, it's, it's not as fast, but if you let off the accelerator and like, and, and, uh, and, and move the ship, it, you can totally pull like a, a Battlestar Galactica Viper move where you basically, Stop move, stop, uh, thrusting and then turn while you're, while inertia is pulling you in that direction. Mm. Um, you can, you know, do all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think in terms of actual gameplay, um, I think that was one of the more satisfying experience because it was just, it, it was really, really smooth. It's easy to control the ship and, uh, fun to just kind of like fly around and shoot things. Um, but at the end, I kind of wanted, I wanted a couple of weird things. One, I just, and at the end of the day, I, I, it made me just want Eve Valkyrie to be like a Robotech or Macross game. Like, it yeah. just, I wanted like multiple different, you know, variations to my ship that I can transform into and everything. And I think that would have been really, really cool. So, uh, I think there's opportunity out there, but I would love to see a Robotech, Robotech game. Uh, I would not be surprised if you did at one point or another. Yeah, I would like that a lot. And then the other thing I wanted, and I am, not much into peripherals anymore like I used to be. I used to be all about give me all the rock band head, uh, sets and everything. Give me <laughs> this. Give me my fucking Nintendo power pad. Give me all, go, give me all the accessories. I want them all. Super scope. Fuck it. Give it to me. Like I, I would, I would always love to have every peripheral that was out there. I'm not like that so much, but when I was playing Eve Valkyrie, the one thing I wanted was some sort of like vibratable chair. I felt like if you had something, that would trigger vibrations in your chair while you're playing Eve Valkyrie would be an a, even more perfect flying experience. I think something like that would be really, really cool. I think that's more of a pipe dream. Um, but when I was playing it, I was like, I, I just, I need to feel rumble like at my back when I'm playing this. Like if I hit an asteroid, I want to feel the rumble. Um, I just felt I like can, that was, that was I kind of I can missing. Kind of understand that. I just, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would go that far for me. It's just there's some, some physicality to flying a, a spaceship or even a jet for that matter. Um, there's just something about it that I, I needed to feel something else and it was taking me out of the experience. Um, but it was still great. Eve, Eve Valkyrie is still a fantastic game. Absolutely. Um, we watched John play Until Dawn. Yeah. Um, fuck that game and those fucking pigs. <laughs> Tell me how you feel, John. Uh, Travis. That that uh, that was brutal. That was brutal. Um, essentially, what it is, you're in this roller coaster seat, and you're going through this like terror, like amusement park ride. And as you're inside of it, there's a hallway, and the hallway goes on for way too fucking long. <laughs> but it's just covered with like pigs all around the sides the walls and a ceiling and all these pigs 
on top of the pigs, there, there are also these like huge buzz saws and they're digging, the buzz saws are digging into the pigs and there's blood spraying all over you as you're going through the thing. And it's just, <laughs> and they're shrieking like the fucking dude in deliverance. And it's just, <laughs> and Chris, it was like for like two and a half minutes straight. Like it was just constant, like screaming pigs. Fuck that game. I don't, did I see this? I don't think I saw this. You were there for that, Chris. Was I? Because okay. I said, fuck those pigs to you. <laughs> oh, did you? ten times. Oh, okay. <laughs> you must be really good at blocking shit out, because that Maybe. was disturbing. That, that might be what's happening here. I will watch the Negan kills <laughs> on loop if I have to, as long as I don't have to watch those, watch or those, hear those fucking pigs. <laughs> fuck that game. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I played shit. a couple of the games on the uh, on the Playroom VR. Um, those are not really worth mentioning. There's some fun stuff. Me and John did play the uh, game where John's a superhero and I'm the the big sea monster that's coming and crushing the town. So with the VR headset, you just slam it down like you're slamming your head, and you can crash through buildings and stuff. And nice. He is he plays like a little Power Ranger or a superhero, and he's got stuff. I'm running in his path, so he has to run away and try to throw, like, cars, barrels, pianos at me, the monster, as I'm trying to, like, bust through buildings and get to him and kill him. Uh, and it does this really cool thing. When he throws things to you, you can actually uh, very Matrix slash Neo style, like, dodge the bullets, uh, so to speak, so you can actually, like, turn your head. You remember that scene... In Spider-Man, when Spider-Man first got bit, he got his powers. Yeah, and Flash where, where he's Thompson, fighting Flash, yeah. He was fighting Flash, and like Flash would punch at him, but he just, in slow motion, steps to the side and just looks at the fist as it's going yeah. forward. You're essentially doing that to all these items. So you're trying to bust buildings and then dodge your head left and right, and you can see these items in slow motion almost like move past your head as you dodge it. It's really fun. So we did have fun with that in the Playroom, uh, Playroom VR. Um, nice. But uh, the last thing I played was Res. Did you get a chance to play that? No, I didn't play Res. I played a lot of games that you haven't touched yet. Yeah, yeah. Wow, apparently. interesting. Uh, Res is fantastic. Um, yeah, I uh, so MC Wilson played it at PS Experience, and he just he fawned over it. I mean, he absolutely loved it. So I think that was what kind of got him. <clears throat> I don't know if he was sold on VR, but he definitely it definitely seemed like that was his favorite experience on on the with the headset. Yeah, I think Res is um, the best gameplay experience of, of of all the VRs. It may not be like the best VR experience, but I, I think it's by far the best gameplay experience. It controls really really well. It's done ninety five percent with uh, head tracking. And the other 5% is hitting a, holding and hitting a trigger to, uh, kind of lock on the multiple enemies and fire your missile silos. Um, hmm. okay. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's so fast paced. The music that's jamming through your, through your headset as you're playing, uh, and then like, you know, jump into the beat as you're attacking and everything. It, it's just a really, really fun experience. The boss battles are really exciting. I think that's really the hallmark moment of, of these res games is when you go up against these bosses. Um, so you're constantly trying to head track and move because you use the head tracking to, uh, aim your reticle as you're trying to lock on multiple missiles on the multiple enemies and kill as many enemies as, as, as you can. And you have, there, there's no recharge. Once you fire a, a salvo of missiles, you are 
holding the trigger down and trying to lock on to seven or eight more immediately after. So you're constantly lock on fire, lock on fire, lock on fire. But you're using your head tracking. If there's like 10 enemies on the screen and they're kind of in a line, you can actually hold the lock on button and just head track across the screen and then lock on to all of them let it go, fire, and then lock on again. So this is happening constantly, and it gets really, really frantic, but it's a really great, fun, tight, and responsive gameplay experience. And when you look at that versus games that are like on Playroom VR or, you know, uh, uh, even on EVE, it does, it, it does the tracking even better than EVE, and EVE does it extremely, extremely well. Um but yeah, it's just fantastic, fantastic experience. There's the the demo is up on the demo desk, so yeah, yeah. give it a shot and play it if you have VR and you have not done it. I would assume you've played Res by now if you own I have VR. Not played Res. <laughs> Most of you listening have probably played Res, and you know what I'm talking about. But I yeah, haven't even played Res regular. I haven't yeah, played the original Res. I never did either. I, I've never I've never played a Res game before that. Um, and it's, it, it was a wonderful experience. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. But that's, that's all I played for VR, man. It's, that's quite a bit. Aside from Here They Lie, it was a glowing experience for me. I'm very yeah. happy with it. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, let's see. What have I played? Um, so the big thing for me is Rigs. Uh, Rigs is, is, uh, is pretty awesome. There's, uh, it looks great. Um, the, there's three modes that I played, and I've, I've only played, um, single player. So there's like a campaign mode, um, that you can go through. And, uh, the, 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 you, you get used to, uh, there's like four different classes of mechs that you can do. Like one is like a hover mech. One is mo- like more of the, the small agile mech. One's a double jumper and one's like a tank, like a, like a big armorful, armorful mech. Right. Um, so I was, I picked the double jump one. So I was, I was running with that. And there's like nine plus different, like, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it. Like brands, I guess. There's, there's like different, uh, it's kind of like, like sponsorships. Class. It looks something like something like that. Yeah. So yeah. the one that I got has this ability mm-hmm. where it actually recharges some of your armor when you get a kill. And I'm like, well, that sounds good to me. So it's like having red death in destiny. Um, so the, the, there are, there, I've played three of the modes so far. The first, the first mode I played well, let's, was just what, what, what is rigs like? To start, I saw you play it, but those who are listening so, may not know exactly. What uh, it it's is. it's it's basically a uh, a robot combat league. Um, so uh, you get in these big, you know, mechs, and and you're just uh, you play. A, it's three on three, and you're just playing up another team, and each each game has a different objective, and uh, you know whoever gets the most points at the end wins. Um, I think that this could end up being PSVR's Rocket League. I mean, that's, that's how I look at it. And like, I've talked to Slugga and Spider and we're like, yeah, we need to get this going. Um, we just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. Um, but, uh, like it's so, there's several different modes of play already built into the game. Um, the first one that you play out of the gate is deathmatch when they're, you know, it's like, it's basically whoever gets the most kills. Uh, so you get, you get kills and then, the, when you, when you get a, uh, when, when you blow up a mech, it drops these, uh, I don't even know what, what you call it, but, uh, like little spheres that you pick up and you get points for those as well. Um, so it was, it was, that one was pretty standard fare. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to need more than this. The next one I played was the one that you saw me play, which was the touchdown mode or 
football mode or how, whatever they called it. And there's literally a football and you grab the football and you try and run to the other person's goal and you can pass the ball to the other, to the other, uh, the other mechs on your team. Uh, you can do, if you do a, like there's a melee attack and the melee attack is basically like the, the jets kick in and it slams the, uh, whoever's in front of you. If you do that, you literally strip the ball and you get it. So you can steal the ball from the other player, from the other team. Um, and then you can also, you know, blow them up with whatever weapons you have mm-hmm. equipped to your, to your, uh, to your mech. Um, so my, my mech had like a, a warhead, uh, like war, like missiles, like warheads on one arm and like this laser cannon on the other. So, you know, you can use both triggers to fire at the same time. Um, and then like the training, the training ones have two mini guns. So there's all kinds of different weapon configurations that you can do. Um, but I just liked that beam cannon. So that's what I was using. And, you know, you just shoot guys out of the sky and you pick up the ball and you run for the goal mm-hmm. and, and you get a point for it. And that was a blast. That mode was really fun. Yeah. The, the American football mode was, we, that's what me and John watched you play. And yeah. that looked like a hell of a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun playing it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was only playing the, the AI, the AI opponents, but. <clears throat> Yeah, it was, that was a blast. Uh, the other mode is the, uh, the, like, it's, I don't want to call it a basketball mode, but it's essentially what it is. So you go into this overdrive mode. If you get like a certain number of kills or if you pick up the spheres and, and it charges you up enough. And so let me rewind a second. Uh, each of the mechs has three different modes that it can be in. Um, and it, it basically is where do you want the majority of the, the mech's power to go? So you can be completely offensive. You can be, um, more agile or you can be, uh, you can, you can go defensive and, and heal and like repair, repair your mech. So you get to switch the, between these on the fly while you're playing. Um, so if you're trying to get away from someone, you can, kick it into agility mode and just take off. Well, overdrive activates all three and you have, you get this glow around you. And the idea of this mode is when you, when you have overdrive kicked in, you jump in the hoop and it gives you a point. Um, so it's kind of like a basketball mode in that respect, but you're the ball. Um, so you get into overdrive mode, jump in the hoop and get a point. Um, so that mode is really interesting. Uh, I, and, and that's, that's as far as I've gone so far. I haven't gotten a chance to go uh, any further than that. I'm not sure if there's any other modes. Um, but man, that game is really good. That said, it's also the only game that I played that gave me any type of discomfort. Um, like when I first started playing it, uh, I probably played it for about an hour, hour and a half in one sitting, mm-hmm. uh, went through all the training and played one match. And after the training, I had to take a break. And then I played the one match and I had to take a break. Um, and then the, the the football mode, when I played that, though, it didn't really bother me very much. So, and this is what I got from Slugga, too. He said that at first it was giving him discomfort, and he ended up just getting used to it. Um, so that might be what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a – it's a great game. It's it's not 60 It's $50, so it's not budget, but it's not full price either. Um, and it's – it's I really think that it's uh, – it is the showpiece for for PSVR. It's very well done. Wow. It's very well done. That's high praise. Um so E Valkyrie we talked about uh I you know I was mainly playing some of the training mode, got into one of the skirmishes. Um that was a lot of fun. Um 
and I knew that game was going to be good anyway because I played it when when I was at uh, um, PlayStation Experience. But yeah, it's it's really really good. Um, I played uh, what's the racing game Drive Club VR. <clears throat> that game was not very good. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't <clears throat> that it didn't feel good to play. It's just that. I don't know. It was, it was, it, it wasn't that it, I'm not like a, a, a graphics whore by any means, but the downgrade of the visuals was actually distracting while mm. I was playing. You know, it's like, cause there's, <clears throat> you know, everything is blurry and there's, and everything is, uh, like alias to hell. And, you know, I expect that in most of these games, but, but Drive Club VR was by far the worst that I'd seen. Yeah, here, here they lie suffered from from abnormally more aliasing than any other game that I played. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I got a chance to try that out. Uh let's see. I played some of the uh uh one hundred foot robot golf. <laughs> and <laughs> that game is bad. It's, it's bad. so bad. That's, that's sad because that it's, was one of the. That was one of the. Say, so the golf is 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 kind of fun, but it's it's got this like the, there's a career mode and there's like this horrible cheesy badly acted B <laughs> B rate story behind it with like anime cutscenes and they're not <laughs> okay. really even anime cutscenes they're like anime still frames where they move like the mouth and that's it. Right. Um, uh, so that aspect of it is just bad. Um, the golf is meh. It's eh, it's all right. It's not. Eh, it's arcade golf. Yeah, it's it's arcade golf. You can walk up to buildings and smash them. You can walk up to your opponent and smash them um, with the golf club. And uh, <laughs> one of the cool things that I thought was was that, that I thought was kind of neat was that um, each of the different robots that you play golf in has a different way to hit the ball. Um, so when it comes to like typical golf games it's like you hit x like there's a power meter and you hit x and then there's a like a a, um like a a direction meter and you hit x again and then it shoots it so that's like the standard that's that was the first guy that i that i saw the second one is like this large red robot and it's got two meters like two dials and you rev the engines with the triggers and you have to rev them to the right point to actually uh, to hit the ball the right strength and to not, you know, veer off. Um, so that was, that was interesting that each of the robots do something a little, something different. Hmm. Um, but the coolest part about that game was the freaking title screen. It's like you, uh, you know, you, you, you put it in VR mode and it, you know, it goes, it, it goes, you see like the, the, uh, the cinema mode screen and then it goes to black and it comes back and all you see is a foot. In front of you. It's a fucking foot. It's huge. <laughs> and you look up and there's literally this 100 foot robot above you. And it's like, <laughs> holy fucking shit. That thing is big. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, that was like, that was the best part of that game is pretty sad. Is the, <laughs> the, the title screen. It was like, this is really cool. Um, but yeah, that, that, that game didn't last that long for me. It was like, I, I ended up playing it for, I think I played like three or four rounds and then I shut it off. I might go back to it and play a little bit more. I mean, I spent 20 bucks on it, so I'm a little upset about that, but, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I didn't expect it to be all that great, but, um, let's see. What else? What uh, else? do I want to get to my last game or not right now? I'm trying to think if I, there was anything else to play. I don't think there was. Um, 
so the other game that I played quite a bit was, uh, um, shit, what is it called? Is it Thumper? Thumper? Right? Yeah, yeah Thumper. Thumper. Yeah. And Thumper is like, it's a rhythm game. And you're like this little metallic beetle. And you're on a track. It's a, it's an Egyptian scarab. It's, oh, there you go. Yeah, it's an it's Egyptian, Egyptian scarab. scarab. Yeah. And you're, it, and it's, and it's like, it's like this, it's very chrome looking. Uh, but you're on a track and you're, you're flying down this track. And the idea is, is that, uh, different obstacles come up on the track and they come in a rhythm. And like, if you hold down X and then hit left or right, he kind of preps the, the scarab preps himself to do a turn. Um, and if you don't do that, then you lose a shield. And if you, after you get, you go, you get two hits basically. If you, if you get hit twice, you die and you have to start, you have to start from the checkpoint, but you know, so you hold X to do the, uh, um, to do the turns. Holding X will let you go under, like there's these, these bars that come in. And if you hold down X, he kind of squats down and breaks them. Um, and, and, uh, you can use it. You, you can, he can jump, but all of these things have a particular tone to them and it's all in a, a rhythmic sequence. So you're trying to, uh, to match the rhythm to actually get, to get all the moves right and, and make it through the track. Then <clears throat> after you make it through, a couple of the stages, you'll get to a boss and the boss is literally like eating the track and, f- it, and like manipulating it at the end of the, uh, like off in the distance. And it's really creepy because this, I mean, you see this thing, it's, it's there in front of you and it's coming at you. Um, but it's like turning the, the, the track so that you have to make sure that you know where you're going and, and you can't see past it. So the longer it takes you to beat the boss, the less track there is in front of you and the harder it is to to get the moves right. Yeah. Um and then uh there's these highlighted blocks on the track and if you hit them they they send like a a pulse at the boss and you hit the boss a certain number of times and it and it destroys them. But it's hard to explain in in words yeah, but it's, it's really really fun. It was really even, fantastic. Even even watching it you don't really get a good sense of what it is. Um I mean it's it's kind of something that people have said before another podcast or websites that VR is really great to experience. It's not something that's extremely enjoyable to sit and watch someone play. Yeah. Because that's true. Cause yeah, you're just still watching a small screen, you know? So exactly. Even if you have the game playing on the screen while someone's in the headset, uh, you don't really get a feel. You can see what they're seeing, but you don't get the depth of field. You don't get the 3d look. You don't, you know, you don't, get to appreciate it as much. And I think Thumper is one of the... Like, when you're playing Batman, you can get an idea, a, a much, much better idea of how that game is experienced when, once you're in a headset. You, It just... It makes sense of what you're watching on screen. But with Thumper, it's it, it's kind of hard. All you see is a scarab going down a track. That's all you see. You don't see anything else aside from that one thing so the the lack of the depth of field the lack of the 3d i think that hurts when you're trying to figure out what's actually going on on the screen while you're watching it being played um uh, well yeah, you can play that game out of vr too so really yeah i mm-hmm. had no clue what the fuck was going on and that thing was just going <laughs> in a straight line <laughs> i had no clue um but i i definitely got like kind of like an amplitude type of yeah a little bit uh type of feel to it a little bit there um it, it kind of seemed like that was very similar. Um, but was that it? Is that all the games you played, man? Um, 
trying to think if there was anything else that I played. I don't think so. John played uh, some Job Simulator. I've explained that on the show pretty deep detail, uh, pretty deep detail yeah. at one point. So seems um, to make that game a lot easier. What's that? It seems that VR makes a game like Job Simulator much much easier. It, well, I think it makes more sense to be in VR in that situation. That that type of game. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that game is just a bucket of laughs, man. It's yeah, oh yeah, it's, it was great. It's from it's start fun. to finish. It's, really it's, fun. it's super fun. It's super fun. You got kind of like a Stanley Parable vibe to it, to where like you can, uh, you know, you can do certain things. Like you could end the game really, really quickly. You can end the level really quickly if you want to. But if you want to go and try everything, you can experiment with the with the office and mess around with different different items and everything. So just a lot of good tongue in cheek little moments in that yeah. in that game that just make you know, make you appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, man, VR. Yeah, that's it. I, I dig I'm, it. I'm happy with my purchase. I am, I have no regrets, uh, for, from picking it up. So, um, you know, I, I got, I, I happened to have like a hundred dollars worth of, uh, of reward zone points and I went out and, you know, spent the money on that, bought even rigs and I'm pretty nice. happy. So very cool. Yup. All right. All right. On, on to some news. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, let's kick it off. So, uh, as of recording, it's Friday. So today, Skyrim released, but uh, Skyrim did not. Well, Bethesda did not offer any press advances. Uh, well, advanced copies of the of the, of the game out to uh, out to the press. Uh, they're not going to do it for Dishonored and any other Bethesda game going forward. The publisher will now be mailing out codes to arrive with media outlets one day in advance of the release date. Traditionally, now most publishers have given the press uh, anything up to like weeks, sometimes up to a month earlier, uh, but put them under an NDA or non-disclosure agreement. Bethesda announced this new policy on their website's blog, uh, citing Doom, which was distributed to press just one day before relief, release as proof that it doesn't need to enable early embargoed reviews to succeed critically or commercially. Um, so the common misconception, I think, with this article is that if a game is not released weeks in advance, we usually see it as uh, a stigma more than anything. We don't think anything good. Oh my God, you know, Dishonored 2 is not getting a, a review until the embargo lifts the, the, the day of release. Oh, not even that. Like, they're not even going to receive the games until almost the day of release. This yeah, game must be bad. Weird. That's just kind of our, our <coughs> thought yeah, process. Yeah, that's usually, a, that's usually where our thought process goes. But, you know, with Bethesda, we know that's not necessarily true. So, um, but it is a little, I don't, I don't know. I don't get this move. But, you know, I mean, they have their reasons, I'm sure. I, I would it's like to see some stupid political thing. I would like to see the idea of a game not getting released to the press weeks in advance, not a signifier of it being a good game or not. Like, I would like to see this trend end, and I think this is this is a this is a solid way of attempting to do that. I, I see I see other I see other developers and publishers following suit. I really do. Um, next up, this is the big one. If there is any news this week this is the big one the last guardian has finally gone gold i don't know about you chris i still don't believe it <laughs> i still don't believe it when it's in my hand Travis, it has when to be in, in my, my fucking console for me to believe it chris uh sony worldwide studios boss shuhei yosita tweeted the good news yesterday he said i waited a very long time to say this ellipses 
The Last Guardian has gone gold. I'm so excited for you all to finally <laughs> experience it. Um, the Last Guardian has been in active development for since like 2007. All right, so this is a nine-year. Since the PS3 was released, <laughs> this is a nine-year life cycle in this game. Yeah, call they, it an ordeal. That's what it is. They, we've lost members of the team, including the game's director. He stayed on technically as kind of like a thing, but he, he uh, he's gone from Sony, but he is still signed on basically as a third party to oversee the game. Um, but that release is October. No, it's November 2016. That releases so. Uh, well, I mean, what are your ex- expectations for Last Guardian? Well, I expect it to be good. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's going to blow my mind or anything, but I do expect it to be a competent game, and uh, I, I, uh, I hope it's in the running for Game of the Year this year. That would be nice. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think it looks fine too. I mean, it's 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 going to be more akin to like a PS3 HD up-res than anything. I, I don't think this is going to blow... I think the aesthetic of the world is going to be really great, and it's going to help with the way that game looks, but just looking at it, it definitely looks like an up I, I think I think the remaster of Last of Us looks better than this. Like It's mm. just that this... I don't think this is going to be a powerhouse game, and it's mainly due to the fact that I don't know any game in the world that would be able to meet the expectations after a nine-year life cycle. Yeah, they're just true. It, it, ha- it would have to be just an amazing experience, like something that's just that's that transcends art. <laughs> it has to be something amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it'll be good. I just the the hopes aren't as high as they used to be for it. It's it's hard to have them there, man. It's hard. It to have really them there. is. Um, another thing that's hard to do is to be the king, be the champ, be at the top of the mountain, Chris. You know what where I'm talking going, about? Where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? So the Xbox One was the best selling console in the U.S. retail last month, according to the MPDs uh, that Microsoft had recently announced this week. It's the third month in a row Microsoft and the Xbox One have beat back Sony's PlayStation 4 after an almost unbroken two-and-a-half-year dominance by the by Sony. Uh, and Microsoft said it took the number one spot in the UK for uh, September 2016 and that the Xbox was the only console to show year-on-year growth in the US, UK, Australia, and other territories during September 2016. So September and then the two months prior have been very, very good for the Xbox beating out yeah, PlayStation 4. That's good. That is yeah. very, very good. That's, Competition that's good. is a great thing. Yeah. I, I would like to see the sales of these consoles even out, at least in the U.S. territory. Um, because, I mean, you hit the nail on the head just now. I mean, when there's competition, great things happen for consumers. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah. So and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like the I, – I am very – I'm, I'm almost 100% sure – that the sales, uh, like, like Xbox One's release of the S and like the excitement about that console is part of the reason that the, the PS, the PS4, uh, Slim and the PS4 Pro are priced the way they are. You know, I think they could have easily thrown the PS4 Pro out there for 450,500 and had a relatively good, um, influx of business with that but marking it at 400 was was an easy 
you know, it's an easy jab to try and, and get all of those, uh, those numbers back, you know? So that's, that's what I think anyway. So I guess we'll find out what happens when it comes out. Absolutely. And we're going to find out what happens to Nintendo when the Switch comes out in March 2017. Yes, let's talk about the Switch. Let's talk about the Switch. Chris, let me read this whole thing out real quick so we can at least have all the facts that I've mustered up in this document for us so we can actually fully talk about it. So the Nintendo Switch was announced this past week. Uh, We got more information about the hardware itself coming January 12th, but we'll get more to that later. And the price, Um, hopefully. And the price, hopefully, yeah. Well, we'll definitely get the price because it's going to come out two months later. Yeah, in March. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Start so saving. Here are, the, here are some facts about the Nintendo Switch. So when at home, so first of all, the Switch is kind of like this home console handheld hybrid. Um, but there are some caveats and a couple of takeaways that come with some with what we've learned so far about the Switch. So when at home, the Switch it sits in a dock which connects which connects it to the user's television. When it's pulled out of the dock, the system will automatically switch to portable mode, allowing the user to continue playing the game on the go. Now, while it may look like a, t- a typical tablet, it's an actual handheld console at this point. And the detachable Joy-Con controllers, which they're calling the controllers, uh, slide onto the sides, making it look similar to the Wii U gamepad. Uh, what's more is the Joy-Con controllers can also be removed, turned horizontally, and two players can play it like normal NES controllers. Which is really, really cool. And in the, uh, in the premiere trailer that they showed, they actually showed that in application, which is, which is really, really cool. I like, I like to see that because, um, I don't know, like, if, I'm pretty sure they're going to keep up with the virtual console, you know, the titles coming out there and everything and having those small controllers for like two player NES gameplay, like playing some RC Pro Am or something cool like that. Um, I, I think that's, that's a plus for them to have. Yeah, those Um, things look super uncomfortable though. They do. They look tiny. I mean, I have small hands, and I'm like, that's small-ass controllers. So, um, speaking of Eurogamer, a number of sources told the site the home console that can be taken on the go, on the go features a 6.2-inch screen and only can display at 720p. So there are already some serious limitations uh, coming from the uh, the handheld side of things. Uh, the screen also supports multi-touch controls similar to tablets and smartphones thanks to a 10-point multi-touch display. Uh, so we'll probably see some mobile games since it's using a Tegra processor. Uh, and unlike the Wii U's gamepad, it cannot be used as a second game screen, which was kind of shocking when that was confirmed. Um, so there's already... Okay, this got announced, and I got immediately excited. And it was years ago, Chris, when we were talking about portable consoles and what we wanted the evolution to be. And I said exactly what I wanted. At the initial announcement of Nintendo Switch, I thought this is what I was asking for that day when we talked about it episodes and episodes ago. I wanted a handheld console that I can plug into a dock and then play on my TV. That's what I wanted. You know, I I, I, yeah. I I would love. I feel to like ha- we talked about this during the prediction show too. Yeah, quite possibly, and um, and I wanted to see that. That may have been the episode that we did it too. Um, so that's what I wanted to see, and it seems like that's not going to quite come into fruition, especially since Nintendo made a comment that this is primarily a home console before all else. So it, I was kind of saddened to, to see that. Um, See, I think it depends on how you look at it, Travis, because here, here's the thing. Yes, they're going to say it's particular, it's, it's mainly a home console, but 
but it's not. It's it's a portable console with a dock. I mean, that's what it is. You know, in reality, it's it's uh, it's basically it's it's the it's <laughs> it's a Wii U that docks. It's like it's just the controller and it docks, and the entire yeah. system is in the controller. So it's still a portable console, and that's what you should expect from the from like the power of what what it can output. You yeah, I, I'm gonna have to humbly disagree because I I just don't see this as this is a replacement for the Wii U, the home console, not a replacement for the 3DS. No, I agree this with you. Is, but what I'm saying is that don't expect home console power out of this thing. This is gonna be more of a portable system from the power aspect of it. You know, you're still we're we're right. not gonna see much better than Wii U out of this thing. I agree with you there. I do. Which, again, is mind-blowing. Like, Nintendo's still doing this. <laughs> like, guys, are you still... And, uh, and, and here's the biggest problem with that. They're still doing it. And they're still making us console that is going to end up costing 400 bucks. Oh, for sure. You know? I for mean, sure. for this thing to have Wii U power in that little tablet, you know, you're looking at at least 400 Unless right. they have some crazy deal with ta- with uh, with Nvidia or something like that to get the to get right. the, the chips really cheap or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but, there's just a lot of question marks to it. Um, you know, Bethesda already came out and kind of debunked that this is that Skyrim is Skyrim showing wasn't running. That, yeah. that, but in the trailer, it showed Skyrim running on their TV via the dock, and then they pulled the tablet out, took it on a train, and then they're playing Skyrim on the train. Okay, even if Sky, even if Bethesda's saying, okay, Skyrim's not going to be confirmed on this console, regardless, they're showcasing that you can take this small tablet, albeit at 720p, you can take this small tablet on the go and play games at least like Skyrim. So to me, even seeing all the limitations, like they've already started mentioning limitations. I've read out a couple of them a few minutes ago. And with these limitations... I just don't see how this thing can pump out a game that's, even if it's not Skyrim, a game that's similar to Legend of Zelda. We know that's going to be on there. I just don't yeah, see yeah. how that's the thing. that If you game... look at Zelda, if you look at Zelda, it's a pretty game, but it's an art- artistically pretty. It's not... It's also it's... open world this time around. Like yes. Like, fully but, open world. But look at it closely. You, you'll see that it's not very... It's not very technical. You know, it's like you're yeah, not going to see like amazing detail and yeah, textures there's, there's, and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's again, we're getting we're getting what the Wii U should have been. That's my thought on this thing. Yeah, I can it's see like that. this is what the Wii U should have been. Yeah. You know, I don't care about having two screens, but you give me one. You give me one console that docks. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So yeah, I'm excited about the Switch. Am I going to buy it? I don't know because at this point, I'm not sure how much I trust Nintendo anymore. And yes, I want this, the, I want it to, and I say that now, but I'm going to buy it when Zelda comes out. It's fucking no, no doubt in my mind. Um, but it, in reality, it's like they, they put up this list of third parties. It's like, that's great. You did that for the Wii and for the Wii U. And we know how those turned out. You either get <laughs> shovelware or you don't get shit. That's, right. that's the, 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 the gist of it. So why is it going to be different this time? You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it, it, it you know, they're, they're, you're still not going to be able to port easily port things from PS4 and, and, and Xbox One over to this machine. 
And God forbid if you take advantage of the PS4 Pro and, and Scorpio, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to see any of those games come out on the Switch. Right. This is not going to happen. No, I'm, I don't see it. And like they showcased a whole bunch of third party support, but look, I mean, I want it to happen. I, I, I want it to happen. I, I want this I, I to be too. a successful system. I, yeah. I don't like, I don't like seeing Nintendo as the butt of the jokes, you yeah. know, when it comes to console gaming. Um, Nintendo makes fantastic games. Everybody knows that. I just, I really feel like their console business is done. You know, I, I, I think what we're going to see here is the Switch is going to come out. It's going to be critically acclaimed at first. It's going to sell well for the first year and then it's just going to drop off just like it did with the Wii U and, and, and to a lesser extent, the Wii, because the Wii lasted several years before those sales dropped off. But yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see this being what Nintendo needs to stay in the console business. Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm excited, but just very cautious uh, in my excitement. And I, I'm really interested in January 12th. Uh, I, I want to see them really get into the meat of the, the technical specs of this. I, I'm very curious of the power that's going to be that's going to be running this thing. I, I want to see how a Skyrim-like game can play on the go on on the system. I mean, if, if they if like I, <laughs> they can't what are you trying prom- to say, Travis? They, they can't it promote it like that and it not work. Yeah, they can't, they they just. I, I think can't. it's gonna work. It's gonna do what they say it's gonna do. It's just not gonna be as powerful as as. It's not gonna play Skyrim and look like that. No, I can one hundred percent guarantee. There's you no that. way. Ninety five percent guarantee you that. It I is mean, not gonna be playing, able to run Skyrim the way that that was running. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't. I'm very curious, and it's cartridge based. Like, how can you? How okay, can so you... don't. Okay, so don't. Don't. Okay, Let, let's put this to rest. That is not an issue. That is a non-issue. Think how about how much data. Th- think of how much data you can get on a memory stick right now. You can go out and buy a 128 gig stick. Yeah, that's true. That is not an issue. <laughs> you okay. can get more on those little carts than you can a, a, a Blu-ray these days. So I don't consider that an issue at all. Now, those things might get expensive compared to the discs mm-hmm. again. Uh, but I, as far, I don't think that is a limitation by any means. Okay. Not like it was in the, in, in the days of old. I hear you. Again, my serious judgment is going to be reserved until January 12th. That, that's going to be the first Nintendo Direct that I actually sit and watch <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm extremely interested in, in, in it won't the, be my the first. possibility. It'll be my first in a while, but it won't be my first. Yeah. So, so. them is my thoughts. We do have one more article. We do. This one's a little, um, a little sad. We're losing a professional, oh, no. Chris. We're losing, we're losing someone who has taken the art of video game movies, nay, films, and he's leaving us. What? Uwe Ball is going on to greener pastures. No, he's not. He's going. Yeah, he's going away. He's retiring. He says he's made the films he's wanted to make, and it's he's done. Oh, he, he couldn't get any better, so he's gonna go out on top. Wait. Okay. Wait. All right, he's not gonna make any more. He's not putting out any more films. Well, didn't, okay. didn't he have one that was in in progress still? It was it was in pre production, but they went ahead and scrapped it because they didn't like the title of the name of the of the movie. What did they title it? 
They titled it, Who, Who Gives a shit? shit? Fuck you, Abel. You can't yeah. make movies. Go Get away. Get the fuck out. You set video game <laughs> movies back like two decades. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, dude. Oh, man. That felt good. That felt good? That felt really good. That felt really good. I felt it in my plums. We haven't... In your plums? Yeah, it felt really good. <sighs> God, Travis, you're horrible. Mm. <laughs> you're awful. You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do pick of the week. Sure. Um, do you know what's coming out next week? I have no clue. Yeah, I just no bought clue. Titanfall. I can't even look at a new release list oh, right now. Oh, you bought Titanfall. Well, you better better not take a look at what's coming out next week. Hold on. Let me send you these links. Go check these out real quick. And I think we might actually have the same one. And uh, it may be a pretty big surprise which one it is for me. So there's my there's the two links. Um, so next week, and while you're looking at those, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna blitz through these new releases like we did, like we used to. Do it. Because why not? So there's an Atari Flashback Classics Volume 1 and 2 coming out for Xbone. Uh, Root Letter is coming for PS4 and Vita. Rainbow Deluxe Edition for Wii U. Uh, Rainbow Pocket Deluxe Edition for D- uh, 3DS. Steam World Collection for Wii U and PS4. Blaze Blue Central Fiction for PS3 and PS4. Owl Boy for PC, Twisted Fusion for Wii U, uh, Xandu Next, Xanadu Next for PC, uh, Mario Party Star Rush coming for 3DS, um, Dungeon Rats <laughs> for PC, and, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is coming out next week for a little small budget title. Yeah, a little budget title for PS4, Xbone, and PC. So with that in mind, pick of the week. Yeah, Call of Dutes, man. That shit looks hot. I got, I gotta go with it. I'm, I mean, I, I have never been interested in a Call of Duty game up to this point, but I remember, I remember in, when I was watching the E3 presser and they were playing this game and I was just in awe watching this game. I'm like, what the fuck is this game? And they flashed it at the end, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And I was like, Oh shit, I need to buy a Call of Duty game. That's I think we were up. sitting in a Skype channel watching that at the same time, too. I think we might have been, yeah. <laughs> because I, was, I remember when the the title came up, and it said Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and we were just like... What? That was Call of Duty? That was yeah. fucking amazing. Like, it, it was, was just... It was it was sweet, Such man. a great trailer, yeah. So I, I'm, ex- I'm with you. I'm excited. I'm, with Tomb Raider and, uh, and Titanfall sitting in my console unbeaten... I probably will hold off in a week or two on this, but um Yeah, me too. I'm not gonna get it right away for sure. Um I, I since especially since Call of Duty is the kind of game that I'm only gonna play single player, um it doesn't make any sense for me to go spend sixty bucks on just the single player campaign of Infinite Warfare. That's true. Um yeah. so I'll probably wait for either it to come out used or to go on sale or Black Friday or whatever. I don't know. But or, I'll probably pick it up. Or you can buy Call of Duty, beat the campaign and I'll send you Titanfall 2, you send me Call of Duty. What? Hmm. What? That is an interesting proposition, sir. What? Let's discuss. All right, we'll discuss that <laughs> in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, because the thing is, like, I don't, I don't want to miss out on it because the idea of, okay, I'll get it a week later or two weeks later. That sounds like, that sounds like a great idea on paper, but next week you have like Dishonor 2, and the week after that is Watch Dogs 2, and then the week after that is a oh, Dark Siders. Watch Dogs 2. 
Oh, Did, Pokemon Sun and Moon are coming out too. I gotta gotta get that for Christmas for my son. That's the biggest 3DS game of the year, right there. Easy. Yeah, um, Dark Siders Definitive Edition is the week after all that. I mean, like it's just there's a lot of really really great games. And if you want a great Zelda game, just fucking get the Dark Siders War Mastered Edition. Yeah, that's coming Folks out, at the out end there. Of next if you month if you right? if you if you don't want to wait for fucking Zelda to come out next year. You want a, the best Zelda game in the last decade? <laughs> You're gonna. I'm get sorry. Fucking... Best 3D Zelda game. Period. Yeah. Period. I agree. I agree with that. Darksiders. So good. Period. So, uh, but I'm super excited for Watch Dogs too as well. I want that. But the the holiday it's the holiday season, man. We're yeah, we're man. pretty much there. The game. The good, the the good thing is that out. nothing comes out in December. Oh no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true because Last Guardian's fucking coming out in December. I know. I'm gonna be Damn fucking. It. I'm gonna be fucking balls deep in a Final Fantasy too when that comes out. It's a good thing I got two weeks of like, vacation left over to to spend. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So we'll see how that works out, but. um too many games. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. Uh, well, if you guys want to drop us an email, if you have any comments about what we talked about, or if you have any suggestions on things that we could talk about, uh, you can send those by email. That address is email at interactivedistractions.com. You can send us a voicemail as well. That number is 706-760-4337. Leet. Check it out. Check us out on, uh, Twitter. We are Indus Podcast or Indus Questions. And individually, we are Indus Chris and Indus Travis. Um, is that right? That's correct. Okay. I haven't, I, haven't I wasn't sure if you had week. changed it back to like the Travis bomb or something. No. Um, let's see. Facebook, Google Plus, Steam, Stitcher, Twitch, YouTube. Search for Interactive Distractions and you will find us. Uh, and yeah, that is about it. That is you it. Got, you have anything before we wrap up and get the fuck out of here? Rest in peace, Vine 2013-2016. Oh, is Vine you. gone? I'm going to miss you. I heard about that. Is that actually gone? Yeah, Twitter, it sounds like Twitter just dumped them because there's no really good way to monetize fucking Vine. <laughs> 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 you can't. Like, there's, there's... I mean, I guess you can, but... I don't know. I don't just wasn't working it, out for him, huh? I don't think it would have been prof- profitable for, <laughs> for them. Oh, well. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please tell a few friends about us. Uh, we will try and put out shows more often, but it's just been, as you could hear earlier uh, in the show, it's been kind of busy. So, um, let's stick with us, and uh, we'll be releasing shows come in the future. So, um, thanks for listening. Until next time, my name is Chris. And I'm Travis. Play your games, and we'll talk to you next time.